Joshua 24. I want to speak on a topic today that honestly just has been extremely heavy on my heart lately. Um, I, first of all, I do not claim to be an, uh, an expert on this, and I do not claim to have it all together at all, okay? Um, but I believe it's imperative that we're extremely intentional in this area. And so today I want to talk about the family, and I think family is extremely important. Since the beginning of time, the family has been under attack, okay? So I want you to think about this. Since the beginning of time, the family has been under attack. When Adam and Eve first sinned, Adam, guess what he did? What every good husband does. He blames his wife, all right? And uh, so he does. He blames his wife. Hey, that woman that you gave me, he, she's the one who caused me to do this, okay? So intentionally already inside of the marriage, inside of the family, what? There's already tension. And Satan's trying to break that down. A house divided against itself, hear me, cannot stand. And so he's trying to break that down. And so the family started to de- deteriorate. Not long after that, guess what? There was two brothers, Cain and Abel. Cain killed his brother Abel. Again, of no fault of Abel's doing, it just God had respect unto his offering and not to Cain's. Not long after that, there was two other brothers. One was a lying deceiver, and the other was a hunter. Well, it's pretty cool if you're a hunter, right? So Jacob and Esau. But guess what? That family was not in a good position. That family fell apart very quickly. Not long after that, Jacob, the deceiver, had 12 sons with, guess what, four women. I don't know. People in the Bible just were not that smart. Okay. <laughs> I got one amen. His wife's not here. So, um, so four women, 12 different sons, and a myriad of different children. And guess what? Those 12 brothers look at the one brother and say, yeah, we want to kill him. And they literally try to until somebody stands up and says, please don't do that. And Joseph, instead of being killed, was thrown into a pit and then sold into slavery. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Like all throughout the Bible, all throughout, Satan has been trying to attack the family. The family is under attack and Satan wants to destroy your family. Okay, you might be sitting here today and say, well, I'm, I'm a grandparent. That's okay, you still have family. Okay, you might say, I'm a great-grandparent. That's okay, you still have family. You may not have young children in your home, so this message is not just for young children. This is for everybody. Everybody has a family. Satan desperately wants to destroy it. And hear this, if he can destroy the family, he will destroy the church. Okay, think about this. If he, will, if he destroys the family, he destroys the church. Because guess what churches are made up of? Families. But here's the good news. Satan cannot destroy the church. The Bible says that the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. So I have good news from it for you. We're starting from a place of victory. By the way, that's just about every area of life when Christ is concerned. We start from a position of victory. So when it comes to your family, we don't have to be discouraged. Honestly, I think most of us, we get discouraged by life in general. 
And I'll be honest with you, I look at our world today and I am scared to death about what my children are going to have to go, to go through. We all shake our heads. But hear me, we ought to be thinking from a place of victory, not a place of defeat. Listen, I don't know what God has in store for my family, but this I know. God created them for this time in history. He created you for this time in history. And you might be this age for this reason at this time in history. We're coming from a place of victory, not a place of defeat. When it comes to our families, truly every part of our lives, we are more than conquerors. We're more than conquerors through him that loved us. So this is certainly not doomsdayist, but we do not have to live in terror of the potential dangers of our world. And there are many. But we must be intentional, intentional excuse me, about our families. So I want to be practical as much as possible today. What can we do to practically protect and lead our families in the current condition of our world? That's, that's my message to you today. And kids, I want you to pay attention too, okay? Sometimes when the pastor's up here preaching, you can go off in a daze. Okay, I want to talk to you a little bit today. Because kids have a major role in families. Kids, you might think, oh, I don't have anything to do. I just do what mom and dad tells me to do. Okay, that's rule number one. Do what mom and dad tell you to do. Where are my kids, right? Do what we tell you to do. Okay, but there is so much more that you can get and so much more that you can do. First of all, I want to start with this. Number one, disciplined leadership. Disciplined leadership. Disciplined leadership. Joshua chapter 24. Notice with me verse 15. Very famous passage. The Bible says this. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, notice this, choose you this day whom ye will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. Watch this. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He was making a, a statement. That my family, my house, my home, we are going to serve the Lord. Joshua was disciplined. Joshua was determined to serve the Lord and to lead his family in that way. He was prepared. He was making an intentional decision to serve the Lord. Can I just give you a news flash? Serving the Lord doesn't just come naturally. Oh man, do I wish it did. But it doesn't. You have to be incredibly intentional. In fact, the worse our world gets, the more intentional we need to be. There are some of you here today that you talked about God in your high school. We do not have that today. Okay, and you might say, oh, that's terrible. Oh, that's, that shouldn't be like that. And we can agree on that and talk till we're blue in the face. But the reality is we need to be intentional in our leadership. Disciplined leadership. By the way, this was completely consistent with Joshua's character. Now, remember when there were 12, or 12 spies that went into Caden? Ten were bad. Two were good. Okay, that, one of those two good spies was Joshua. He knew that God could take them. He knew that God would lead them. He knew that God could conquer this land. He was disciplined. He was a consistent leader. 
Joshua cared more about doing right than he did with fitting in with the crowd. That's discipline. Again, that doesn't come naturally to human beings. We are creatures of habit. We like people around us. We're social creatures. And whatever the crowd is doing, whatever the herd is doing, guess what we do? We do the same thing. Because we want to fit in. But Joshua said, no, 12, the other 10, you, you guys are bad. You don't know what you're talking about. God is good. And now he stands in front of a group of people and says, listen, we will serve the Lord. Discipline leadership. Discipline leadership. This is the type of leadership we need in our homes. We need leadership committed and disciplined to following the Lord no matter what. I want you to understand, I'm preaching to myself, okay? Because there's a lot of ways that I am not disciplined. We need disciplined leadership in our home. This is not going to happen by chance. It's going to take intentional, disciplined, daily walk with the Lord. Intentional. But there is no way we can do it on our own. There's no way we can do it on our own. The second thing I want you to see is this. A submissive support. A submissive support. Joshua chapter 24, look at verse 16 with me. And the people answered and said, watch this, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. Obviously, in Joshua chapter 24 and verse 15, Joshua was making a statement. I don't care what anybody else does, we will serve the Lord. But look at the, the people decide, okay, we're going to do that as well. We're going to submit ourselves under that leadership, and we are going to serve the Lord with you. There was a determination. All the people get behind him and say, we are in support of your leadership. We want to help you. Okay, now, hear me out. It's often been said that it takes a village to raise a child, Right? I don't disagree with that statement. That is extremely true, but wouldn't it be better to say this? It takes a family and a church to raise a child. Listen, I want to be very clear here today. The leadership in the home is the leadership in your home. I am not the leadership in your home. Husbands, you are the heads of your home. I am not. Okay? So listen, any, don't come to me for what's going on in your home. If you want help, I will help you. If you want somebody to aid you, I will aid you in your leadership, but I am not the leader of your home. Wives, you are a part of that. You are under your husband's authority but you guys are responsible for your home, not me. But hear me, this is where a church comes together. A church comes together and says, hey, we want to submit ourselves under your authority and be a support to you. Let us help you. Let us walk alongside of you. Let us give you some encouragement. Let us have some things that we can do together to support each other. Get, let's get our kids around good friends. Let's get our kids around some older people who are wise, who are godly, who will sit and talk to our children. Let's get some support from our church family. 
some godly people. Find someone who are, who's going to help you in the same direction that you're going. You're leading your home in a direction. This is the way we're going, and I need some support. Get them to watch your children. Okay, listen, I hate inconveniencing people with my kids. I really do. So if you've watched my kids, I want you to know it was a struggle for me to give my kids to you. Not because I don't trust you, I don't trust my kids. <laughs> but listen, some of you have been an incredible help to my kids. And you know what? I intentionally, I'm starting to intentionally pick people to help my kids. You know why? Because I know what they need. And I, I know some of you have it. And I know that I don't have it. So I'm going to be super intentional. And listen, I want you to be super intentional about helping your children. Get with some of these children. If your mom and dad sends you to somebody else's house, you are watched by them. I want you to do this, okay? I want you to ask them one question. Okay? One question. Everybody ready for this? So if you're getting asked this question, this is what I want you to ask them. I want you to ask them this. How do you walk with Jesus? That's it. So some of you are going to get asked that very soon. Okay? My kids, if you're going over to somebody's house and you see an adult there, I want you to ask them, how do you walk with Jesus? You might say, that's awkward, Pastor Jones. We don't want that. Listen, it takes a church to train a child. How do you walk with Jesus? Listen, I'm the pastor of the church. Shouldn't I know how to walk with Jesus? Hey, my kids need another perspective. They need to know that it's not just dad who believes this. They need a group of people to challenge them, to bring them up and help them to influence the children. We need some support in rearing our children. We all need support. So not only do we need a submissive support, number three, we need a positive preparation. Positive preparation. Look at verse 17. The Bible says this, For the Lord our God, He it is that brought us up, up and our fathers out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, and which did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way wherein we went and among all the people through whom we passed. And the Lord drave out from before us all the people, even the Amorites which dwelt in the land. Therefore, we will also serve the Lord. Why? For he is what? Our God. And Joshua said unto the people, Ye cannot serve the Lord, for he is an holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins if ye forsake the Lord and serve strange gods. Then he will turn and do you hurt and consume you. After that he hath done you good. And the people said unto Joshua, Nay, but we will serve the Lord. And Joshua said unto the people, Ye are witnesses against yourself. that Ye have chosen you, the Lord, to serve him. And they said, We are witnesses. Now therefore, put away, said he, the strange gods which are among you, and incline your heart unto the Lord God of Israel. And the people said unto Joshua, the Lord our God will we serve, and his voice will we obey. Positive preparation. I want you to notice this. The children of Israel had physically seen God work. Oh, you say, but anybody under the age of 20 all died in the, yeah, yeah. They all died in the wilderness over the age of 20, excuse me for those of you who are correcting me, over the age of 20, they all died. 
It's their kids right now. Their kids watched God drive them out. Their kids heard the stories of God doing something in Egypt and getting them out of there. This is their God. They had seen the mistakes of their forefathers. They had seen the faithfulness of God. And they were determined to follow him. This is our God. We will follow him. We will walk with him. Is it not easier to accomplish something when we've seen similar things done in the past? Let me say that one more time. Think about it. Is it not easier to accomplish something when we've seen something similar happen in the past? Let me give you a for instance. From 1886 to 1954, about 80 years, runners had been chasing the elusive four-minute mile. On May 6th of 1954, a man by the name of Roger Bannister did the impossible and broke the four-minute mile with a 359 and four-tenths four of a second. In just 46 days after Bannister's feet, John Landy, an Australian runner, broke the barrier again with a time of three minutes and 58 seconds. Just a year later, three runners broke a four-minute mile in a single race, in the same race. Once you know it's possible, much easier to do. Hear me, grandparents. Some of your grandchildren need to know that God is real. Parents, listen, I know you're struggling with the day-to-day I know every day is busy and I know it's hard and I know there's times where you just want to throw in the towel and blow up and get after your kids. But listen, they need to know God. They need to know that he's real in your life. Because what's going to happen is the God that you serve could quite potentially be the God that they serve. So if your God's a failure, you know what? Their God's probably going to be a failure. If your God's almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing God, then guess what? Their God's probably going to be an almighty, all-knowing, powerful God. Over the last half century, more than a thousand runners have conquered a barrier that had once been considered hopelessly out of reach. Guys, we can do this. We We don't have to be scared. Would it not be helpful for our families if we started to show them what an amazing God we serve? Would it not be helpful for our children to start experiencing the work of God as children and begin seeing how God can and truly will work in their lives at a young age? I don't want to get into too many details, but and please, this is just an example. I am not perfect. It just so happened that the Lord worked this out, okay? Caleb and I were praying about something. Not every day, something that we started months ago. And last night that came to fruition. Nothing spectacular happened. There were no bells in the sky. I took him downstairs and I said, bud, did you notice? Did you notice that God worked that out? Listen, I have no doubt that it was only God. Because quite frankly, I didn't want it to happen the way it happened. It out. Listen, we ought, our children ought to know 
that there is a God. So let me encourage you. Start serving with your kids in some way right now. They're just babies. I understand. Start serving with them now. Kids, hear me. Okay, are you paying attention again? Most of the kids are sitting over here. Sorry. Listen, if your parents want to start serving Jesus, will you go with them? Will you say, hey, can I come? Hey, you're going over to drop that meal off at so-and-so's house. Can I come? Why? Because you see, listen, we're talking about mission trips. I don't know what the, the rate is for children or the age for children. Can I encourage you? Try to get your kids out of the house into a foreign field of some sort. Let them see God working. Kids, ask your mom and dad if you can do something for God. I know it sounds crazy. I remember when my pastor said that, sound like, I'm not asking my parents to do anything. Hey, Dad, can we go over to my friend's house? Can we talk to them about Jesus? Listen, I know it's tough, but can you do it? Can you just make a decision to do it? Because, listen, you will begin to see God work like you never have before. Kids, is there something that you need to pray about? Is there something going on at school that you're struggling with? Is somebody being maybe just a little bit mean? Maybe you could tell your parents about that and pray about that. Maybe, parents, maybe you have a financial difficulty. Maybe you got a problem sitting right in front of you and it's a struggle. Can I encourage you with something? We've had the opportunity to do this. Pray about it with your kids. Because God's going to provide that need, and when he does, you can go, see what God did? They need to know he is our God. He's our God. Serve together. Serve together with your parents. Most of us, I believe, have a defeatist attitude. But we are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors. We already have the victory. Just like the children of Israel. You know what they were going into? The promised land it was already theirs and all they had to do was conquer it that's it god had already given them the victory it was theirs all they had to do was claim it so just like them we have to been promised victory we don't have to come from a defeatist attitude all we have to do is go kids god grandkids god Great-grandkids, God. Don't get caught up in the mindset that we cannot have successful families in today's society. Listen, you may be a single parent. You may be grandparents. You may be come from a broken home. You may not even have a family right now. Maybe you're a single adult with no kids. Can I start challenging you with this? Discipline yourself unto godliness discipline yourself, and then get some support. Get some support. Maybe you're a single adult, not yet married, no kids. Can I encourage you? Get some support. Maybe that's your parents. Maybe that's your grandparents. Sit down and ask them good questions. Hey, how do I raise a family? Find somebody in this congregation. Ask the question. Get with them. Put yourself into a positive preparation for how the Lord will provide for you in the days to come. Tough days are coming. If you don't see that, get your head out of the sand. Tough days are coming. We need Jesus.
in every aspect of it. And I guarantee you, if you walk with him, he will provide for you. If you walk with him, he will provide for you. Hear me, successful families are possible. They are. I hope you'll take the example of Joshua, and I hope you'll learn something from this. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Father, what a great privilege it is to preach. Father, thank you for the lessons that you've taught me in my life. Father, I, I know I'm so far from perfect. Father, I have so much work to do. Please, I hope that this group of people doesn't think that I'm trying to stand up here as a model of this. But Father, I just want to do more. Please help us all collectively to do more. Help us to be disciplined. Help us to get some support. Help us to prepare our children for those days to the best of our ability. Father, we love you. We thank you for all you do. We pray all these things in Jesus' name.